0: The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is promised. Uh, Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series that's dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the very disheveled Tammy Underwood. Say hi to him.
1: Hi, everybody. Why do you tell people what I look like? We don't film this for a reason.
0: <laughs> yeah. So tonight's date night, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I believe so.
0: Yeah. Uh, good job. Sweet. <laughs> I'm really hoping. Mama have a... knows
1: how to close a deal.
0: I'm hoping that you get a good date because you've been pretty bitchy lately. Just saying. Just Anywho, saying. Anywho,
1: Mama knows how to close a deal. That's all I'm saying. Actually, anyway. I'm
0: hoping that you get a good date and a Snickers bar. Because you get a little angry and a little I wasn't
1: angry with you yesterday.
0: You're always angry with me.
1: Well, only because you irritate me. And people who listen
0: to this understand that. I can't see how I'm like a fucking angel. All right, so you gave me the title (laughs) of this one here. And once again, much like yesterday... Oh, with the gangs
1: of Amazon? (laughs) I'm looking
0: at you going, What the fuck? Like for real
1: gang of Amazons. Excuse me. I I had my plural in the wrong.
0: Who the hell gives somebody the moniker, the doodler?
1: Oh, you'll find out. Yeah. This case. Actually, I'm going to clarify something here is this case is so controversial. I mean, even though it happened in the 70s to this day, it is so controversial. And (sighs) if I were just going off the information that they had in the 70s, it would be a 30 minute episode.
0: Holy shit!
1: However, I was able to find more recent information that brought it more. I mean, just brought more to the light. And so, from what I've been able to find, it'll be at least a three-parter.
0: Oh, at least. So we're we're in for a good time right now.
1: Yeah, but you'll be. I mean, I'm
0: telling you know I have a theory at why you're doing a three-parter.
1: Why? So I can beat you?
0: Because you know that I am doing a...
1: Another two-parter.
0: Another at least two-parter, if mm-hmm. not more. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to fuck with Scott. I am going to do one that's a bajillion parts. No. No, that's, not the, that's the reason. You're like over It wasn't even
1: a subconscious reason. It's just, like I said... Well, and I get into it a little bit more in my intro. But, um, no, this case is a very controversial case that needs a lot of attention a lot
0: i need a lot of attention but do you think that the teenage girls that are 18 are flocking to my door no. i was
1: gonna say scott i told you if you're that desperate i will make the sacrifice
0: i'm actually saving myself for your mom yeah because <laughs> i already have the Catwoman outfit and uh huh i already have the Catwoman outfit
1: No, you don't. You're a liar. Meow,
0: baby. You
1: would have shown it to me. And what did I tell you about that word? That that phrase in order in any sentence.
0: I'm just going to show your mom.
1: That you speak to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's let's talk about the doodler.
1: Okay. Well, I have a quote first. And it kind of goes along with something you said prior to this, but it fits this one, too. Monsters don't always lurk in the shadows. Sometimes they hide in plain sight. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And that's from Belle Aurora. But, um, like I said, I and for this one, um, let me just get into my intro. Um, I came across this case in our list some time ago. And although I looked at the initial information, I kept putting off our in-depth research and featuring it. Because at first, it didn't seem that controversial to me. Didn't even seem, I mean, I saw the name. I was like, oh, that's kind of a silly name. You know, kind of like the tube sock killing. (laughs) You know, that's kind of how I looked at it. Um, Let's see. But I went over our lists again, which I really try to do every couple of weeks to reprioritize them, so to speak. And this one jumped out at me. And at the time, I was just looking at the name of the case and not the preliminary research. By preliminary research, what I'm referring to is really just a name and a brief description. Okay, before you and I do our in-depth research that way, when it comes time to present, we are educated on the case and not just reading what someone else put on paper. Mm -hmm. Because that's why we don't have in-depth researchers. You know, some people might. We don't because we like to be educated ourselves so that if anybody has a question, we can argue with them.
0: (laughs) We don't just read what's off of uh, Wikipedia.
1: We don't just read what's off Wikipedia. Don't get me started on the Honolulu Strangler video. (laughs) I'm just saying. So even though I didn't understand it, I ignored that little voice in my head and I continued to mark the case as one that would eventually feature. But I didn't feel it was a priority or even all that interesting. Okay. However, that changed last week. I got caught up doing some other administrative things and didn't have time to research a Wednesday episode. So I asked God if he would look he would cover it that day instead i figured it'd be better if i just pulled a name from the list and gave it to him instead of having him try to figure out which one to do <laughs> which that makes sense considering you were on the road
0: yeah i mean it's fucking <laughs> it's
1: not like i'm being mean here
0: well yeah you know, what a lot of people don't realize it's like seriously like people go oh my god i did overtime 45 hours this week Boys and girls, no word of a lie. I can show you my, my my time cards and how much time I put in here. I literally put in 80 to 100 hours every fucking week. So yeah. that's why she presents a lot, because this is her full-time we, job.
1: Yeah, well, pretty much, yeah. I mean, and I put in a lot of hours, too, but it's solely on this. Right. Okay, so, you know, so like I said, well, and I even said, you know, instead of having him just pick one to research, I said, especially since I asked him to do it. The night he was doing his overnight for his trucking gig. I was nice to you for a change. That's when I saw this case again and again, it jumped out at me. But I was busy and I chose to explore that. I chose not to explore the feeling further at that time. Now, I'll admit, I originally had plans to feature another would be case for today's episode, but something in the back of my mind told me I had to do this one. You know how you get those nagging things in your head? And that's when I opened up the file that is on our shared drive and looked at the preliminary information after reading that and knowing the cases we are recently covered. I, I made researching and featuring it a priority mainly because I'm hoping that by featuring it, somebody will come forward and help get this case solved. In essence, by the end of our presentation on this, I will be making a plea to our listeners and I'm hoping that somebody listening to us now or some Buddy, they know has more information and they can go to the authorities with the help which to help finally solve this case and give the families of the victims closure and by families I mean the ones that are still living
0: i need somebody to work on my case or the missing sandwich
1: i'm looking so. for the missing bacon and why are your ears sticking up like yoda right now i
0: have big fucking ears
1: <laughs> i never <laughs> noticed that before
0: <laughs> So when they go on a date, man, a dates. I guess you know, it's because so- the
1: light shining through behind you, and it's just like kind of—I don't know. That's right.
0: Women, I'd love to grab them. And
1: shove <laughs> your head in the toilet, maybe.
0: I don't think so. It's hard to be in the studly.
1: Yeah, um, because I actually believe that somebody out there knows more. However, due to the era and the circumstances of this case, they were too afraid to come forward then. Okay. And also, since this is a multi-episode presentation, I'm choosing to ask some questions at the end of some sections to, as we go along. That way, we don't have to try to remember over the period of episodes. Makes sense, yeah. Okay. So, this is the case of the doodler. Um, what do authorities know? Well, picture it. San Francisco,
0: 1974. We're back up in San Fran, the gay bay.
1: Um. I know that isn't going to be significant to many people, but for those who get this that reference that I just gave, welcome to middle age.
0: <laughs> the gay A? That no, one, or what?
1: Picture it: San Francisco, 1974. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia.
0: I'm still. I'm still trying to. Golden Girls. I know. I get it. Yeah, my uh, one of my former bass players, uh, the one that was transgender, loved the Golden Girls. Go figure.
1: I loved Golden Girls too. Yeah.
0: So got a lot of those references. A lot. A lot, a lot.
1: Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, from January of that year, 1974, through September the following year, an unknown man held a community hostage by fear in the city of San Francisco. The killer in this case would pick up his victims at one of the many gay bars located in the Tenderloin, the Castro, or Polk Cults District. I'm
0: sorry, they had one called the Tenderloin?
1: Yeah, you didn't know they had the Tenderloin
0: District? I, in the gay bait. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it so goes together. It
1: kind of... I thought you knew that.
0: I had no idea. He yeah, looks like a Tenderloin. I knew that and I
1: didn't even... I've never even really been to San Fran.
0: He looks like a Tenderloin to me. <laughs> Super duper. Super trooper.
1: You were going to alienate so many fucking people.
0: I make fun of everybody. Okay,
1: so anyways, everybody. this guy would initiate conversations with his Mark by either telling them he, he would sketch a picture of them or he would show them one he had already sketched. The men that found him charming and wound up leaving with him would either be attacked or worse, stabbed to death. Therefore, the public and media began calling him the doodler.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, see
1: Christ. and that's the only information I had. Still some fuck that's a retarded name. Yeah.
0: So to me could have called him something like the artist. The sketch artist. Or, or or yeah, the sketcher. Something like that, you know? Yeah. But you see no. the doodler? I think that he's pretty no,
1: I think of like squiggly lines and random shit.
0: I think these after little kids go, hey, little boy, you want to see mine? And then been trying to doodle them. That's what I think. But that's just me.
1: Well, because, you know, what's really weird is I am actually a doodler because back when we had <laughs> landlines. Case solved. No, back when we had landlines, you know, when we couldn't walk very far from our phones, uh-huh. I would sit there and get a pad and just doodle because I could concentrate more on what people were saying. Oh, yeah. But anyways, that's so that's all the information I had. So, I mean, to me, that doesn't get jump out. As interesting. Really. You know, that
0: makes real, for a real, and this has been Brutal Nation? Yeah, the pretty much.
1: <laughs> so although they aren't completely certain of the total number of victims, and you'll soon find out one or more of the reasons for that, authorities estimate this this unsub is responsible for at least five. However, that number could possibly
0: be as high as 16. Hold on, five? Only yeah. five? Dude, this is the U.S. If you kill five people, let's say you become a cop. I mean, that's a pretty low fucking number.
1: Yeah. No. And like I said, some people think it could be as high as 16, but there's a reason why that number <coughs> I'm is... pretty sure
0: that's not even a traffic ticket in this <laughs> country anymore when it comes to serial killers. <laughs> five of them, they just go, look, just knock this shit off. You're at your five limit.
1: You know what? Just knock it off, dude. Just go on your merry way. Show me your insurance. Go.
0: <laughs> pretty much. Maybe like, look, you know, this is your fifth. Your punch card's full. No more killing. You're done. You could have spread that out, but no, you did this yeah. too quickly.
1: So each victim was a white male who was stabbed so viciously, each in similar entry locations, that the stabbings and the stabbings were so brutal that the authorities surmised they were some sort of a rage killing. And I have some theories, but I will save those to the very end.
0: Oh, I've got theories. Oh, not about this case. It's about a whole bunch of other shit.
1: I know. About me and my life. No. Oh, thank God. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw that look
1: in your eye, and I can read oh, your mind I
0: have theories. Now.
1: So, despite the authorities not knowing for sure who the unsub is, descriptions were given, and an initial composite was drawn <laughs> and released back in 75, and an update composite released in 2018. Here's what they kind of know about the guy in question. He seems to be an African-American man. Right on, brother. Age 16 to 25 at the time. More recently, after the authorities dug the cold case file out of storage, dusted it off and opened it up to take another stab, no pun intended, because <laughs> I realized what I wrote. At solving it, they offered up a reward for any inf- they finally offered a reward for any information that helped them solve the case.
0: So they're after a brother, man.
1: Okay, now now I want I had do have a question for you. Why do you think that the killer would use such a memorable ruse? That if it would have been more widely publicized, would be easy to identify him.
0: Hell, if I know, I, don't, I didn't even know that, you know, brothers fucking normally drew.
1: Oh, yeah, lots of art, artists.
0: artists. I, I no, of course, I don't go to art museums and shit like that. I mean, I'm... I'm See, hence
1: my it. surprise you knew there was an art museum in a district in the L.A. area.
0: <laughs> That's great. I'm just saying. The places you'll go when you are chasing Because tail. to
1: me, it's like, wouldn't you want to be more under the radar?
0: Well, okay, it actually almost makes sense because, you know, uh, from from what I found, like for my gay friends, is that a lot of them are into like things like art and drawing and, and shit like that. They're they're very artistic type of a people, right? You know, unless you get down to like the street hobos that are gay and like and blowing people for crack. Um, so hey, why not? You know, go, hey, you want to come see this over there? And then people people are like lemmings. Sometimes, you know, they're right. like okay. Yeah, Have you ever seen Mom and Dad Save the Universe? I don't
1: think so. It's,
0: uh, it's kind of a sci-fi kids-ish, almost type of a thing. It's got, uh, oh, God. Uh, I saw is
1: Aliens Ate My Homework, but
0: no. No, oh, that'd be cool, too. But um, <clears throat> so there, there's a scene in this movie, uh, or maybe it's Mom and Dad Save the World, something like that. But anyway, they're in outer space, and they're on a planet, and there's a, a, a rock that makes enemies disappear. And it says, pick me up. And they're all standing around it. One guy picks it up and goes, hey, it says, pick me up. And he disappears. the next one looks at it and goes, hey, it says, pick me up. And he disappears.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, that's no different with uh, Like Alice in Wonderland, drink me?
0: Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, people, even in this day and age of 2021, 20, are, are kind of the same way. I, I swear to God, if they see something says, pick me up, they okay. Oh, he just Where did Bob go? What's that? Oh, pick me up. I'll pick up. And then he did where did Fred go. Oh, hey, is this pick me up? And people people are stupid. That's the bottom line. Just fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um and then I asked that and you kind of answered that question that the process of drawing of the drawing held the significance to him. And um you know, I mean like I said, I was shocked that it was such a memorable ruse. Because if somebody got away then it would be almost like he would be easier to identify. You know what I mean? Because it's something that <laughs> stuck out with them.
0: Well, considering it's it's the seventies, so that's that's part. That's when the you know gay immersion was coming. You know, like freaking yeah, the, the I get into and that. Out. And you got something that's very unique. Like, hey, brother, you want to come see what I drew? And they're like, yeah, because what could happen? Because Fred disappeared last week. Can't happen to me. Pick me up. And then they go away and they disappear. Okay. And then reappear, you know, with multiple stab wounds.
1: Uh, Right. So the authorities on this case now and back then, back in the 70s, know that there were at least five victims. That's five murders that have been linked and attributed to this this guy. You know, what is it about these cases that links them? Well, I'm going to, today I'm going to discuss the first two victims. Okay. Um, The first one was a confirmed first confirmed victim is Gerald Cavanaugh. All right. He was discovered after a call was made to nine one one from a payphone. for our listeners. And
0: readers, I was just going to say the, give the description. Go for yeah.
1: For our listeners. I know I read this one to you earlier and readers who are too young to know what I'm talking about. I'll try to explain it the best way I can. Before the time of cell phones. When people were out and about and needed to make a phone call, we would walk up to these devices, normally located on a street (coughs) corner, the side of a building, or even in certain certain establishments that had large push-button phones where you were able to put coins into the little slots before you could dial a number. If you didn't have any money, you could dial zero. And an operator would come on, and you could ask them to place a collect call for you. That way, the person you're calling would pay for it later on their next cell fo- on their next bill. I was going to say cell phone bill, but no, <laughs> next bill. Now, back in the '70s, I believe it cost what ten cents?
0: Ten cents. Or you forgot one thing in there. You press zero for a collect call because you're calling your mom because you broke down at the gas station caller please state your name mom i'm at the shell station on the corner of fifth and the laundry and
1: then they didn't have to freaking accept it they just knew where you were
0: yeah and you hung up and you just wait you know hey yeah Yeah, i forgot to
1: mention that part yeah Yeah,
0: that was fucking epic or you know if you're calling your friends or whatever you know and you didn't have a a coin you call them up dude i'm running 15 minutes late i'll meet you over there bye (laughs) yeah
1: exactly so um However, when they were finally phased out in like the early nineties, I believe that the cost of a phone call from one of these machines was somewhere around fifty cents. Right
0: around fifty cents.
1: Which shut up? Which totally outdates Travis Stewart's song. Now here's a quarter call someone who
0: cares. You couldn't even get a two pack of cigarette for fifty cents. That'd it's be two ludicrous. Pack of
1: M and M's. Say it right.
0: That'd be ludicrous. <laughs>
1: So anyways, here's a portion of the transcript from that call. You ready? I'm ready. Caller. I mean they, they answer the phone, 911, what's your emergency? Um, caller said, Yes, I believe there might be a dead person at the beach at uh right across from Ulola Street, Aloha Street. <laughs> Uh, if you follow the street right down to the water, I was walking along there and I thought I saw somebody lying there, but I didn't want to get too close to him because you never know what could happen. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to give me your name? Caller. No, I don't think that's necessary. I just wanted to let somebody know maybe he needs help or something, but, uh, I felt it was my duty to report it and then he hangs up. Okay. All right. Um, I want to interject one quick thing here, though. If the caller was just walking along and thought he saw somebody lying there, but didn't want to get too close, how didn't he even know the person was a him?
0: Maybe, by the way, he, he was dressed, man. Maybe he had some, like, some jeans on. He had a dude's shirt on. Maybe he's looking and he's not too close because I think that lady has a mustache. So either it's the bearded lady from the circus that's in town or... It's a dude. You no,
1: know, Well if you see the picture of Kevin on he didn't have a mustache and I mean it just it just makes no sense that if he was not too close to see what was wrong with him, but he assumed he was a guy.
0: Wait a minute, maybe it was like in the movies where little bubbles like appear and it's just bing, dead gay man here.
1: It's too early
0: for you. <laughs> I'm just saying. Good morning, I haven't Jack.
1: had any fucking bacon. I've barely had a cup <laughs> of coffee.
0: Um,
1: authorities weren't able to identify the man until se- the man that was deceased until several days later. Um,
0: they spoil after the first. Yeah. <sighs> Shut up. At <laughs> the time.
1: Bands. I mean, And then they finally learned his name was Gerald Kavanaugh. At the time, the only thing the police could find out about this man was he worked for a mattress factory, and apparently he was from Canada.
0: And he was going to test out the mattresses in a special way. Bouncy. Again, too early. <laughs>
1: it would be 44 years before more information about Gerald was discovered.
0: Holy cow. They don't keep anywhere near that long.
1: No. And what disgusts me, I mean, because when they found him, there was no idea or anything. And there's a lot of shit that happens that just kind of like makes me so sad. The first thing that stood out to me about his life, well, this is more about his death, but it still stood out. Even though he's supposed to be from Canada, he's buried at Holy Cross Cemetery, Catholic Cemetery in Colma.
0: What well, is that's Colma?
1: It's over there by San Fran. Area. Oh,
0: okay. It's
1: okay, cool. his body wasn't returned to Canada and his family there. The investigative reporter on the hunt to try and help solve this case um. tried asking the cemetery office if they had more information. and fortunately, they didn't. This um, family
0: didn't want them either.
1: Yeah. So when they couldn't do that, they actually ter- turned to genealogy websites, which we've done a couple of times.
0: Oh, yeah. I th- found out that most of my family's primates.
1: I wasn't talking about our own families. I was talking about doing our research for these individuals that we are featuring and it is too young. I will stab you.
0: Oh my god! You are the doodler. <laughs> I'm <am> something. <laughs> yes, we can go deeper into that. Really I deep. An energy
1: drink right here. I forgot I got this out last night. Hey,
0: time. you know you have an energy drink on the side table.
1: Fuck off, Scott. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, you okay? Say, yeah. You gonna
0: break a fucking nail trying to open up a big goddamn no, energy drink? I
1: broke yesterday and it hurts.
0: Yeah, you might want, might not want to use that one then, huh?
1: Fuck off, Scott. I'm just
0: trying to help. That's all.
1: No, you're trying to be mean.
0: Oh, my Anyways, God. It's always it me was, by mean. By
1: doing these genealogy things, it was uh, that they were able to find out that Gerald was born in Montreal in 1923. And, and I forgot to mention the guy's name, the investigative reporter. His name is Kevin Fagin. And sometimes I do. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: He's so... in the gay band. His name is Kevin Fagin. 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 I thought. I swear to God, I thought you said Kevin Faggot, and I'm, all, and I'm no. the one isolating people. Fagin. You're over there using fucking slurs against, you know, no. uh, uh, a group of people that I have a lot of friends in that group. That's great. But I'm the one isolating. Okay. No, I see it. No, I it think happens. you had a Freudian slip is what you did.
1: I said Faggot. You just didn't hear me with your one good ear.
0: What? Precisely. Huh?
1: <laughs> huh? What'd you say, little Missy? What'd you
0: say, little girl? Get off my lawn, you damn kids!
1: Get out of here!
0: Oh, that's that's a very southern word. I know. That's one word right there. By the way, that's not even said. Get out of here! I know.
1: That's
0: one word. <laughs> you
1: hear that a lot in Georgia, <laughs>
0: Georgia. You do. <laughs> you do. <laughs>
1: Anyways, so. Anyway, and so this guy's... This investigative reporter is Kevin Faggot. And actually, for a lot of... Shut up. For a lot of this, like, future stuff, I refer back to him because he did a lot of in-depth research on it. So it's like... I tried to, like, pull from different sources and shit, but sometimes I'm actually pulling directly from him, and I'll let you know when I do that. Um, with determination... um. Oh, anyways, so Kevin attempted,
0: what, fuckity fuck, fuck, fuck? No, do you want some more fucking coffee? Oh, yes, please. I'm trying to say that without being on the air saying that, <laughs> but what do you do? You look at my fuck cup. <laughs> because which,
1: it says fuckity fuck, fuck, fuck. And that's, that's something my you would Sunday say Sunday fuck
0: cup. That's what that is.
1: Um, usually you have your Sunday ghost mug. I, well,
0: I actually bought this because we used to have band practices on, it was my band practice mug. And I had four of them. And I've got one left. Oh. Because fucking people break them. So, yes, I will get you some more.
1: Thank you. You're so nice. So nice and kind and out of character. No, you always get me coffee, so I can't be mean. So, anyways, um, this Kevin attempted to contact Gerald's relatives up in Canada by writing letters call, and calling them on the phone. And he was met with nothing but the sound of crickets. It's like, it was like radio silence. And however, he didn't let that stop him from his mission. With intense determination, he, along with a freelance researcher, actually were able to locate one of Gerald's nieces who agreed to talk to them, but she didn't want to be named. And this niece was able to point them in the direction of some other relatives And these other relatives gave them more information. Um, Apparently, when Gerald was rather young, he came to the United States and wound up enlisting in the U.S. Army. He stayed in the Army for approximately 21 months towards the end of World War II. And by the dawn of the 70s decade, he had moved to the Haight-Ashbury District, where he could absorb the freedom of openly expressing himself sexually it's almost as if he felt he'd finally arrived at a place he could call home when he went out to the community there and nearby Castro District. You know, because for those who don't know, San Francisco was like the birthplace of openly gay individuals. You know, they felt they could be openly gay there. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: It was a place where, you know, because, and I'll get into it in a little bit, So every year, though, since the time he left Canada until 1967, when his mother passed away, he would go back to his parents' house to visit his mother. After his mother died, he left Canada one last time and never looked back. Despite what those who knew him in California were well aware of, his family was completely in the dark about his homosexuality. Now, what made me sad is because the initial information i found on him was he was a uh, canadian and just visiting america oh okay you know and so i was like but there has to be more information out there and so yeah that's what kind of made me sad at first but there's a lot more that makes me sad with him um even though he made every effort to prevent his family from knowing he was gay some of his relatives it said were a little bit smart enough to figure out the truth but I'm thinking if they figured it out in retrospect.
0: Meh, who knows? I'm not you part know. of his Canadian family or anything, so I'm not Canadian. A. A.
1: I knew you were going to go there, so I I did it for you.
0: I did almost hit a moose. The other day. No, when I when I used to go back and forth from here to Canada. Oh, really? Yeah, was, they're bigger than what you would think, man. When you get within a foot of one. Oh. Well.
1: I'd like to. I'd like to eat a moose. Shut up.
0: With a leg over each ear? No, dude. That's a moose knuckle.
1: Like <laughs> I can eat you, you know that one gives me a lot of visuals. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, considering... Okay, there's this relatives that this guy is speaking with is a nephew. Uh, either a nephew or a great-nephew. I think he's a great-nephew of um, Gerald's, and his name is Greg. And hi, he Greg. Knew, hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. Um, And Greg was, considering he was born a decade after Gerald was brutally murdered and he never met, oh, it says here, great uncle. I knew it. However, he'd heard all the stories that the older family members had shared multiple times. Um, Apparently, if you have a family member murdered, it kind of tends to stand out. Especially if that family member was murdered so viciously and that remained unsolved.
0: happened to me when when my cousin Cletus got eaten by an alligator. He was murdered by that gator. We call that gator boots now. <laughs> Want to see my wallet?
1: <laughs> no, dude. No. Um, Come to find out, Gerald was raised Catholic and other members of the family adhere to the Catholic way of living. Therefore, to a gay man wanting to live a gay lifestyle openly, continuing to live among his relatives, religious Relatively religious family members would put him in a precarious position. Looking back, his decision to li- live in San Francisco makes complete sense to Greg and to me. You know,
0: and me, and me. Okay. shut up. And me, all the. I need drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Why not take all of me? You know the words. All of me
1: loves all of you.
0: I don't know that song.
1: It's a more recent one, I think.
0: That's probably why I don't know.
1: Okay. So, I have a couple of questions. What do you think about that 911 call?
0: <clears throat> I don't. Why? Okay. Here's the thing. I have some friends of mine that are very, 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 very feminine. Okay. Okay. So I know that if they saw a dead body like at the end of my driveway or something, they'd like poke their head. At me. Oh, my God. I think that's a dead dude over there. Hello, 911. Yeah, like there's a dead dude on the street. No, I didn't go up and check his pulse. He might just be sunbathing. I don't know, but send a cop out here. It's not my problem. Sure, your circus. Okay. you monkeys. That's your job. You know, and they'd be like, I ain't getting anywhere near that because of diseases. And, you know, you don't know if they're like crazy and going to pop up and like, gonna, you know, prison shank you. You don't know. Why wouldn't he give his name then? Because they don't want to be involved, man. No, seriously. Like your circus, your monkeys type of a type of a thing. Okay,
1: because I was thinking more like he was the, he was the actual killer.
0: No, nah, I'm thinking like, because, cause, you know, I've. <laughs> I've done that before where I've called 911 on a situation. And what's your name? "Ah, It's none of your fucking business. Just kind of take care of business over here. Why? Because I don't want to be bothered by the cops. I don't want them to sit there and go, so what did you see? And then ask me the same question 50 fucking times. I just want to tell you what I know and go on my way. You guys figure this shit out because I'm not a cop. Not my job. Not your rodeo? Not my cowboy. Not my rodeo.
1: Not your circus, not your
0: clowns. (laughs) I am the clown. I know you are.
1: Okay, so even though there's no indication of it, do you think that Gerald's mother knew that he was, in fact, gay?
0: Hell yeah.
1: Yeah, moms know.
0: Moms know. Mom's looking at him going... Especially if he was
1: that close to her.
0: He's a pole smoker, eh?
1: Okay. What do you think was the reason for his relatives not responding to the written letters, emails, or phone calls? Because if... Their family member was brutally murdered, and that murderer was still loose. Wouldn't you think they would actively cooperate with the person trying to help them?
0: You would think. That one's a little confusing because, you know...
1: Well, there's a little bit more coming up that's...
0: Because, you know, I'm thinking of my brother Phil, even though I don't like him. You would still help solve his murder. If somebody was sending me letters or calling me saying, Dude, your brother Phil, you know, was found dead on a beach... Can you give us some information? And I, I would, you know, it might just be—he was a total fucking douchebag. But I'm going to give him some information.
1: Look into everybody in his life because they're probably the suspect.
0: Yeah, everybody's a suspect. And surprisingly, I'm not because he lives down in Nevada, in Clark County, Nevada. So freaking, you know, party on. Um, I'm not the suspect in I that lives Clark are County.
1: in the Vegas area? Yeah.
0: No. Yeah, yeah. He can't live too far from mommy.
1: I was going to say that, but I didn't. <laughs> I did.
0: Because I'm an asshole and I call it like I see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would at least answer and go, okay. Look, this is what I know. You know, we've been we we haven't really talked but once in the last like ten fucking years, hmm. and that was at Jake's graduation.
1: I was gonna say, wasn't it at graduation? Yeah,
0: you know, and that's about all that I know. I know that he was working as a mechanic in Henderson. And was he in
1: that picture, or was he the one taking the picture of you guys at the no, graduation? No, we
0: had a stranger take a picture. Stranger danger. Um, oh, okay. I, felt, I I was nervous there because he looked like he might try to child abduct me, and uh, I'm pretty sure he had a panel band. That's all I'm saying. Probably did. No, he came to the graduation dinner. He didn't come to the, uh, to the actual graduation.
1: Oh, Phil. I thought you meant the stranger Phil. who took your picture for a second. Oh,
0: no, the stranger came back <laughs> to my hotel room. I believe he did. He had candy. What can I say?
1: <laughs> Man, you're a sucker for anything candy. <laughs>
0: Damn right. I'm a fat boy. Like
1: my double entendre there.
0: I like that. That, yeah. was, that was pretty okay for being this early in the fucking morning. I, on a, I, uh, I actually gym. came
1: up with a good one. So I kind of want to put the cities and possibly <sighs> the doodler's mindset into perspective. When you think about it, Gerald was the ideal victim for a killer. Targeting individuals who are openly living a gay lifestyle, he was separate his family from his family. He desperately trying to develop a connection and a sense of truly belonging in his new community. You know, so he would be open to strangers communicating with. him Oh, them.
0: totally. Okay. How else you make friends?
1: Yeah. I don't talk to strangers. Combine this to talk the to predominant you know,
0: strangers I get.
1: I know. combine <laughs> I'm regretting it every day of my life since. Combine this to the predominant occurrences of that era when homosexuals, especially homosexual men, were consistently being killed or at the very least assaulted on a regular basis. All of this added up to the 70s being the ideal time for any killer to hunt down victims and Gerald having a neon sign over his head, letting the doodler know he was an easy target. Okay. Also during the 70s, there was another factor to consider. In regards to the crimes committed against the openly gay community, if you are living an LGBTQ, and it, I go on to say IA2S+, plus because they've added so much to it. It's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer questioning, intersex, asexual, two-spirit, which I don't understand that one, and additional affirmative ways to self-identify. Okay. Uh, you, you, And you happen to be murdered. Chances are the press wouldn't dedicate much space or time. To cover the tragedy, if they covered it at all, when it came to the media report of Gerald's murder, it seemed he barely warranted a very hidden three-paragraph report in the San Francisco Chronicle. The three-paragraph burb didn't even acknowledge that his lifestyle was like a likely motive for his murder. You
0: want to know why? And I've actually touched on this before. I'm not even going to make a joke. He's one of those at the time a throwaway person. Yeah, disposable. Which is, yeah, which is you know freaking your your hookers, homeless. And gay guys at the time mm-hmm. were yeah they 're very disp- disposable, nobody cared about you know and i 've said it uh, with ones that I feature where people have right. killed hookers and things like that. Nobody gives a shit they just they they, they don 't look at them as a person they look at them as whatever they label them as. So if you're a prostitute, they go, Oh, it's just another hooker. Nobody cares. Hookers die all the time. If you're homeless, they go, Oh, it's just a homeless. Nobody gives a fuck. And if you were gay at the time, they go, Oh, it's just a faggot. Fucking nobody gives a shit. Right. And nobody identifies people uh, or did at the time as these are real people. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Some
1: people still to this day, don't identify some victim as real people.
0: Right. And it's, it's really as much as I don't like the homeless, I'm grouping them into this.
1: Well, only because of what we're seeing lately.
0: Well, yeah, all the trash everywhere. Yeah. Like but um, at the end of the day, there's still people.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's got to be somebody out there, by and large, that cares about, cares about that her. person. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just, it's very sad that we live in, an, in, in a world where people can just be discounted and, and thrown aside. Yeah. You know, like they don't Like matter. yesterday's trash. You know, so let's let's take a mock murder. Somebody gets shot out in the middle of the street that I live on right here. Okay. okay. If he is, let's say, I don't know, sketchy and maybe looks homeless, nobody's going to give a shit. Yeah. Now, let's flip that over because I pay huge amounts of taxes. I get shot. Man, the cops are going to be all over that. Why? Because I'm a predominant member of society. Yeah. You know, I'm a very, you know, I... I They're going to go, oh, my God, we have to fucking solve this because here's this great guy. And at the end of the day, I'm not a great guy. I'm kind of an asshole. And my my point is that somebody who's homeless is death shouldn't be any less important than yours than mine.
1: Yes. I agree. Because
0: we don't know what somebody's plight is. And that goes the same if they're gay, if they're a hooker, um, they work in a garbage dump. It doesn't matter. I think that everybody's life. Is, is equal. With that said, unless you're being held on maybe death row forever in a day, and you can't be released back into society,
1: and you're obviously guilty,
0: yeah, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt,
1: Scott Peterson.
0: Yeah, no, that's what I was, what I was thinking of was Scott Peterson. That is 110. Why, why Charles Ing? Oh my god, don't even, yeah, Charles Ing. That should have been like, hey, you're guilty. Here's all the proof. You're gonna die, kind of today kind of now like now you're guilty Like three
1: weeks like amelia dyer
0: (laughs) dead three weeks to me for some of these people is too long like seriously it should be like you know we, we we have footage we have everything that proves that you did this we have zero doubt you're gonna leave the courtroom and you die now yeah you're done
1: yeah we actually have video footage of you torturing people right you know but you said you didn't do it so whatever (laughs) <laughs> long Not long after that three paragraph blurb was printed, the homicide squad actually released their bulletin that very few people even noticed in this notice. The authorities mentioned that it was more than likely that Gerald had quote unquote homosexual propensities
0: and that's what I pointed out before every time yeah. I research anybody who or even in a story if 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 the serial killer himself isn't gay but somebody around him was it'll be like bob smith was a serial killer who killed 50 people and his roommate you know uh roy was homosexual people fucking focus on that somebody's sexual propensities have nothing to do with if they're going to be a serial killer or not
1: no they're saying that gerald the victim
0: I know, but that's what oh. they're focusing on. they see, but yeah, that's about. They're, they're focusing on his sexuality and not right. the fact that Gerald was a person. Exactly. You know whether they're he's gay like straight. He's still a fucking. He person. deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. And that—that's just the feeling that I get. So he died because he liked dick. Yeah. Well, you know what. There's a lot of people out there who like dick who don't deserve to die.
1: Exactly. And so this information about his homosexual propensities would eventually start being repeated by the media coverage, the little media coverage regarding the events. For instance, there was an eye-catching front page headline called the Sado Murder Horrors. So basically they're calling it a sadistic. (laughs) Okay? In, Janu- in a January 1976 issue of the Chronicle, which was six months after the last confirmed victim.
0: Because he's gay, and nobody gives yeah. a shit about the gays.
1: Yeah, it was blatantly obvious that the bigotry towards the gay community, which apparently even extended to the predominantly open-minded city of San Francisco, had an extra level of disregard when it came to reporting the crimes.
0: See, and you got to kind of also look at this way, way right here. Let's say that we're in San Francisco right now. Right. Okay, or especially, we'll. Even well, yeah, right now back and stuff, it doesn't matter. Um, while everybody by and large, if you look at the whole community, goes, Hey, it's okay to be gay, you're still gonna have some people who go, You know what? These faggots, these queers. Right. These, you know, whatever slur you want to throw in there. So you're going to get their take on it, especially in something like that. Six months later, well, I got nothing better to do. I see a a, a fucking faggot died. So now we got to fucking, you know, we'll just do a story about that. Right. Because nobody
1: cares. Right. Well, and you kind of answered some of my questions here. um, Because I did even go into saying, do you feel that if his victims were heterosexual, the outcome would have been the papers featuring more coverage?
0: Yes, 100%. Yeah, if they, if they were t- even
1: if they were homeless and heterosexual. they were homeless,
0: I don't think so. They'd be like, eh, it's just that no, they're homeless. But I think that if they were, they're heterosexual, or at least hidden homosexual. They're still in the closet. Mm-hmm. But they, maybe they got a girlfriend or a wife at home. They, it would have been a different thing. But hey, this guy here, poor innocent victim, blah, blah, blah. And he had a girlfriend or a wife, and her name was Susie. They'd be, they'd be all over that. But because it's a gay guy, they're like, yeah, fuck him.
1: Yeah. Okay, so now let me get into the mindset of the police during this time. Um, when you research the laws that were still on the books in California, back in 1974, 1975, you'll see that there were still statutes that s- stated sodomy, male homosexual relationships was illegal. Uh-huh. And punishable and, and punishable. In history, even into the early 1900s, male homosexuals were actually called sodomites. Did you know that? I did. Okay, because you're looking at me kind of like perplexed. Like, no, I'm looking or- at you
0: like I'm hungry because I should have made breakfast before we started this whole thing. And don't I'm eat so me, hungry. Scott. I'm not going to. You're- I don't eat sasquashes. Sasquatch. I fucking hate
1: you. hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. In fact, these, the laws in California were not repealed until 1976 after the murders. So law enforcement officials were still actively busting gay people in the bars, bushes and alleys who were in violation of these quote unquote laws. You know, therefore, the police at the time were considered more of a hassle when it came to the crimes against the community than they were considered a help. (laughs) Um, Ron Huberman, he was he's a San Francisco district attorney's first openly gay investigator. Who was also a young man in the 70s who moved to the area searching for the type of freedom that wasn't available anywhere else. And he actually had this to say about the atmosphere around that time. People were getting mugged. People were getting harassed. People getting beaten. And the doodler took it to another level and that he was killing people and getting away with it. Because, first of all, the police didn't care. They didn't. That's what, that,
0: that's what I was pointing Yeah, out. The police don't give a crap, you know. It's just another gay guy who got beat. It's just another gay yeah. guy who got you know killed. Yeah, and I and it, I still believe it's still that way to this day in 2021. Oh, I think so not, too. Not as predominant. Not, no, not as, not as widely But you attractive. see instances of it, right? You know, you got a lot of people look at those faggots over there. You know, like, you know, or and even gay marriage. This is why I'm pro gay marriage. It doesn't affect me. No, if two guys or two girls want to get married. That's not my rodeo. It's, it has nothing well, to do with me. Well, and a lot of it
1: has to do with the fact that, you know, and I understand why they're fighting for it, because you're with somebody who knows you and loves you, yet in the long run has no decisions when it comes to you.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know? And I agree with that. It's like, you know what? That's why me and my best friend talk about it all the time. If her husband dies, her and I are going to get married.
0: well, uh, I've said this before. If... if you know, Like I said, I do have gay friends and it doesn't affect me because what happens behind the closed doors of other people, none right. of my business. Now, if I walk into my, my, my living oh, yeah. room and I see a friend blowing a friend, I'm going to be like, um, okay, that's inappropriate. Now you're affecting room. me. Go get a room. Don't be blowing people. But I don't want to see my straight friends having right. sex on my couch either. Because I just don't need to see that shit.
1: That happened too much in your drug doing days? Maybe. <laughs> Where but, you were actually the friend doing it?
0: Maybe there's a lot of times that, that, that I've been back in a green room and people are like okay, Scott, 15 minutes. Oh, okay. You know, you're busy. Okay. I'm out of here. <laughs> um,
1: So um, let's see. So in essence, the LGBTQ community felt that they were finally in a, some sort of a paradise being in San Francisco at that time where they could feel accepted the most. However, even the seemingly open arms acceptance had its limits because, for instance, Harvey Milk, the first openly gay elected official in California history, was gunned down in 1978 and assassinated. Did you know that?
0: I did not know that. In City Hall. Gee, probably just cause, simply because he was gay. Yeah. You got these hardcore people who sit yeah. there and go, oh, let's kill all the gays because it affects me. No, it doesn't. it only yeah. affects you because of the way of your uh, the, the process of your thinking.
1: Exactly. I mean, because it goes on to say that, I mean, I found many reports that said homosexual individuals never felt accepted by the man and definitely not by law enforcement. If you were openly gay or had any sort of issues, there was no guarantee the police would be on your side ever. No, that's true. You know, and this left the members of the community vulnerable, which added to the doodler's confidence he would get away with his crimes.
0: Because he will. Yeah. Especially at the time. Everybody's like, it's just another dead gay guy. Nobody cares. Yeah,
1: pretty much. That's exactly what I felt every time I fucking opened up an article to read.
0: Yeah. But here's something for all the anti-gay people. You know, if you've ever kissed your wife and you've gotten a blowjob from her, you've had a dick in your mouth. I was going to
1: say, yeah, you have.
0: Yeah. I've just said. I've just, I Because you know, I remember, our,
1: remember we talked about the pamphlets the other day?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> remember
1: how they said if you're sleeping with somebody, you slept with everybody they slept with?
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, my God. I've slept with.
1: I know. You slept with a bajillion fucking quadrillion people.
0: Holy cow. My number's high. No. Yeah. Because remember that? How
1: they used to say that? If you slept with so-and-so unprotected, they, and they've slept with so-and-so, you've, you know, you've slept with everybody they slept with. Yeah, that kind of grossed me out when I've, I first read it. I feel
0: dirty. I know, me too right now. I'm a dirty little yeah, whore.
1: I'm a dirty, dirty little girl. Okay, so I have a little bit more information on Gerald here. Uh, the thing that I find heartbreaking about his death, in my opinion, is something just as tragic as his brutal murder and the lack of interest displayed by the media and law enforcement. Even though his family was in Canada, some 3,000 miles from where he died, after his sister finally came to identify his body, she <coughs> left him in San Francisco instead of taking him and burying him next to the rest of <coughs> his relatives. He's buried in a cemetery, and a simple, lonely gravestone marks his final resting place.
0: Can't be dragging dead gay guys around. Just saying. you don't fit to- in your luggage.
1: <laughs> with, like a club. According <laughs> to police <laughs> records from around the time, Gerald was suspected of having sex with other men, in restrooms located, you know, near where he was found. Um, the 911 call that was placed the morning was from one of the pay phones located right next to those very restrooms. Authorities were never able to identify whether the caller was simply a concerned citizen walking by and happened to see the body or if it was actually the killer himself. Now, the cold case investigator on this crime says, potentially when all you did was wanted, was you wanted to be who you were, In those days, that was the way people met with each other to express themselves, to bond with other people. They had sex and I don't think he should be murdered for it. Nobody should be murdered ever. But these were horrific. I agree. Yeah. So knowing that her brother was brutally murdered and knowing how much he cared for his mother. And I'm presuming his mother reciprocated that. Why did she not take his body back to bury him next to his mother? To me, it just seems like she to reject him again.
0: And I, and I say this as being mostly conservative myself politically. Right. They're probably these overly... Catholic. Catholic, right-wing, super conservatives that right. go, oh, the gays are against God and things like that. And while I am mostly conservative, I have some very liberal views on certain things. Right. Because I believe that you can have an equal balance. But that that was probably it. You know, he was against Jesus because he liked guys and da, da, da. You know, instead of doing the the right thing for any family member who might be, you know, a little different and go, hey, we got something in common, honey. I'm your mom. You're my son. We both like dick. Let's talk. Yeah. I would say the same, like, you know, to to any of my kids, Uh, like my daughter. Hey, we got something in common, man. We both like vagina. Vagina? Vagina. That's it. Oh, I need more coffee and food.
1: You're going to be all right.
0: Looks like a Madonna vagina. A jana. <laughs> Just like a prayer. <laughs>
1: Dude, that's my, that's, that's my birth sign. Don't ruin things for me. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, because like I said, to me, I think that's the saddest part. Is to me, it's like she re- rejected him even after he died. It's like, you know what? He's still your family. Exactly. You know? Um, now let's move on to the second confirmed victim. This is Joe... J-J-A-E-Stevens. Okay? In 1974.
0: 10? 10. 10 minutes left until this episode's an hour. You can't read my hand signs anymore? Should I be shaking my pecker at you or something? Okay,
1: then let's try not to do a lot of side talk then. Cause Fine. Fine. I, I only have three pages to go. So... In 1974, Joe, J Stevens, was a well-known drag queen in San Francisco area who was known for her amazing Julie Andrews impersonation. Just to clarify, although there was no indication that Jay was transgender, the mere fact that in most of, almost all of the sources I found, they referred to her as Jay, her drag queen name, and I, um, so, which is her stage name, I'm referring to her using the female pronoun. Okay, because that's okay. what drag queens like to be referred to when they're in drag. So if they're going to use their stage name and have all of the Have you studied them in their
0: natural habitat?
1: I have. I watch a lot of did RuPaul's you, did, Drag did you, Race. Did
0: you tag one and like trace its movements and everything?
1: <laughs> no, but I have pictures with one.
0: Uh, I know. They're in our... Uh, on my
1: phone. And
0: in the Brutal Nation
1: Oh, I put company. them there because I was going to put them on my Facebook, and I couldn't get them on my Facebook through my phone.
0: Yeah, I noticed that when I was looking through some yeah. company stuff. So, what the hell's up with all the weird ass? Oh, those are drag queens. Okay. Well, yeah, those, Tammy's yes, been Tam at work.
1: Is, yeah. Anyways, I put him in. Th- I was going to tell you that and I forgot. Anyways, so like I said, th- so I'm going to refer to her using the female pronoun because they're referring to her b- by her stage name. Okay. So she would work the crowds with her act at, it's called the PS Lounge in Polk Gulch and the world famous Finocchios located in North Beach.
0: It's like fellatio from Pinocchio. A fellatio.
1: A fellatio.
0: Tell me a lot. Kurt Frederick,
1: who was a drag star Charles Pierce's assistant, says, Jay Stevens was the bright, young, I would guess, in in his early 20s, pretty boy, charming kid with (laughs) makeup and hair and costumes and, you know, the fake corsets and all that. He was a strikingly beautiful woman. Fabulous. Yeah. I mean, and I've seen some pictures of him in and out of drag. Beautiful. Just absolutely gorgeous all the way around. Almost like Adonis no, I'm kidding. Kinda like me. Nothing like you.
0: I am super duper.
1: Okay, in the clubs, Jay was known for her singing, dancing, and stand up comedy routine. A columnist for the Bay Area Reporter said that at one point that Jay was really an amazing stand up comedian in a dress. Jay Stevens had a face that launched a thousand sailors, high cheekbones, long wavy hair, the color of straw, and eyes like a doe.
0: Like me. Minus the hair,
1: minus the eyes like a doe, <laughs> minus the thousand say high cheekbone, minus everything, Scott.
0: Fine, whatever. I just think um, I, I think there's some bigotry going on on that side of the uh, microphone, and uh, you're just against me because I'm fabulous.
1: Despite all her good looks and the praise she received from those around her, she was never arrogant about it. Not like you.
0: Oh, my God. She I'm was never a rather arrogant.
1: soft-smoking individual. Again, not like you.
0: I'm very um, soft-spoken.
1: Kirk Frederick remembered her. Hang on. I had to tell my son I'm recording. Um, remembered her for being quiet, demure, and most of all modest. Um, almost unable to accept a compliment. Almost as if she were embarrassed by receiving one. Now, I can completely understand that. I'm the same way sometimes. I do what I do because that's all I know. So when someone points out how well I did it, I have a hard time just accepting it because I don't know how to do or be anything less. And I'm always trying to do things better. So I always look at what I'm doing is not good enough.
0: I'm going to start bringing out the whip. Back in the, back, back to work, slave. Well,
1: you found it with me when you've given me a compliment and stuff. So I'm like, mm, thank you. But it was nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, know. get on with the story because I'm hungry.
1: Okay. Sadly, nobody would ever be able to experience the amazing presence of Jay Stevens ever again. On June 25th, 1974, her body was discovered right beside a tree in Golden Gate Park near Spreckel's Lake. A, a woman was in the park going for a leisurely early morning walk when she came upon a body. Authorities learned that she was last seen the day before singing before singing, dancing, and a listening laughs when she did her stand-up routine at the Cabaret Club in, in North Beach. The pro- police report had her birth name, Joseph, listed for, the, for her first name. So when the information was released to the public, some people didn't even know it was her. Um, similar to Gerald, Jay had been brutally stabbed, wounds to the front and back, and she had also been beaten so badly that her family had a difficult time recognizing her when they came to identify her body.
0: That would be a rage killing.
1: Yeah. When Fagan heard about Jay and her vicious murder, he decided to try and find out where her family was. Um. Let's see. You oh.
0: deflating? What no, I could What's happening over there.
1: Re- I lost where I was. Since Cunningham, indi- the detective the cold case, indicated that he had run into a wall with this search, he turned it over to Fagin. Okay? Fagin I love that fa- name. I know. Fagin found out was that Jay was the only victim that was actually a Bay Area native. So she was a little bit easier to research, but he found very little going on when he himself was elbow deep in paperwork. When it came to the media coverage of her death, the local gay papers and the Sentinel ran some articles paying tribute to her her career and the impact her death had on the LGBTQ community. And the story that was printed in the Chronicle was even worse. It only had a small blurb inside that only provided a basic outline for the murder, no details whatsoever. So Fagan decided to try and get more information about Jay and everything. And, you know, and so he had, he actually had a private investigator who, who he worked with and, um, I'll get into, I mean, I have a couple questions, and then I'll get into my next episode, what more he found out, because it's a little bit more in-depth. Gribby. Um, But my question before we end the day is, although I'm definitely seeing a pattern with mainstream (laughs) media, why didn't the local gay media at the time focus more on this?
0: Kind of what I'm wondering, you know, or maybe it's like we just want to blend in with everybody else. But in reality, you guys should have been forthright, not you guys, because you're across from me. And you're not part of the gay media, but you know, you guys should have been forthright and uh, you know, and right out there going, "Hey, look, this isn't right. This yeah. is what's happening."
1: Exactly. I mean, because like I said, it just I'm just finding myself shaking my head, just like, "Oh my god, yep. people." But, yeah, because, I mean, when you find out that the Sentinel is a gay gay media, and yet they only print out tribute stories, they don't even focus on the fact that she was murdered, that kind of bothers me.
0: It bothers me, too. But, you know, it's the 70s. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that even though it was a gay paper, they probably didn't want to draw too much attention to themselves outside of the gay community.
1: Because right. keep but in then, mind
0: gays were being attacked man and, and they, they you know so they're like oh let's let's but like,
1: then when they want to warn the gay community that there's somebody out there doing things
0: maybe they thought it was a one time deal, yo.
1: after the two time deals
0: could be okay
1: yeah because you're right they were getting people were getting bashed and everything unfortunately yeah. on a regular basis back then
0: it happens to every minority group whether it's gay uh, like people who were into punk rock Oh, yeah. Uh, in the 70s and, and, and 80s and things like that. There disco. Was a, oh, no. D- disco, you should beat them um, because <laughs> Disco Inferno. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, punk rockers were being attacked and, and had the shit beat out of them all the time because they're different. Gays are the same way. You know, uh, there, there's people who don't like black people. This and is go true. out there and, and want to beat the shit out of them or Mexicans or. or well,
1: and look what they did to the Irish way back when.
0: The Irish, the Jews. We cannot forget this the Jews true. when they are here in America and we are looking at them going, why didn't you get in the shower, the Jew? But yeah, no, it's, it's every minority group. You're going to be okay over there?
1: Well, first of all, my shoulder hurts. And second of all, oh, my God, you're going to alienate so many of our listeners.
0: Klaus, you should get the juice. Yeah. <laughs> we will We will just line them up in our special protection camps, and we will be fine. It's mm-hmm. for the protection. Yeah,
1: because I think, you know, because like I said, this is why it's so in-depth, because there's so much, I think, that... Could have been done that wasn't done because of all the bigotry. No, I agree. So, and I'm hoping that now that we don't have that bigotry, if we like focus on it, it'll help.
0: So I hopefully.
1: Maybe we'll be the ones
0: dun, to bring forth the dun. listener that does it from the 70s before we did. It. Okay, so let's assume that the killer was in his mid 20s, 25. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're strong enough to kill people. You know, maybe you're good looking. You're swinging more meat than a butcher shop, you know, because you're a black dude. Um, You know, hey, look at my penis. So damn near 50 years later, he'd be like 75 years old. They caught
1: caught the Golden State Killer that age.
0: By that time there, it's not going to matter. I'm pretty sure at 75, he's not out there, you know, doing his thing murder wise. He's probably in an old folks home wearing Depends. hoping he doesn't shit himself in public.
1: I'm hoping you don't shit yourself in public, but hey. Happens
0: to me uh, weekly, so I'm not too worried.
1: All right, so let's go ahead and wrap this up, and I will focus more on the rest of it next time. I don't even have it all typed up yet, so.
0: Oh, fantabulous. All right, this has been Brutal Nation. Remember that you can send us an email at brutalnation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website www.twistthebluellc.com. Click on that Amazon link if you're going to shop on Amazon because it does help us out and it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's kind of a little nicety. Be kind to us because God knows I need more help with Tammy because she needs a new collar and probably a flea treatment. Um, (laughs) I love that look of death that you give me. Check out our <laughs> Check out our blogs on Medium, Vocal Media, and Hub Pages. Once again, with no sticky note to tell me.
1: I'm um, you know what? I'm kinda proud of you right now.
0: This show's copyrighted twenty twenty one by twisted blue LLC. All rights reserved. We will talk to y'all later. Bye-bye.
1: Bye bye. Bye.